everybody. Welcome to Coming and Going, a podcast that is designed to be a biblical guide to your parenting journey. Uh, my name is Joe Crabb. I have the privilege and blessing of being one of the pastors here at Woodside. Been here most of my life and most of my time at Woodside, I've had the opportunity of working and ministering alongside families. Uh, kids, students, parents, leaders, and the like. And what a joy it is that God in his grace and kindness has not only saved us from something, but for something, that he allows us to be a part of his kingdom. He allows us to be a part of a spiritual family. And as such, we get conversations like the one we're going to have today and conversations that we like to have month in and month out on the podcast, uh, conversations that allow us to uh, learn from one another, to grow together, to be edified and encouraged, to ask questions as we're going through uh, just the nuances of life as we are coming and going, uh, looking to lead and guide our students in the way of the Lord. Uh, Father, to see our kids growing up, to grow as young men and young women after God's own heart. And so we, again, thank you for tuning in. We hope as always that as you're listening, uh, that it's encouraging to hear um, about the mistakes we've made and the grace that we have been given from God uh, as we look to, again, just grow in our understanding and be drawn closer to Christ. And so I'm very blessed for today's podcast uh, for us to be talking about uh, really about social media, about technology, about the way that it impacts and influences our lives and obviously our kids' lives all the more as they are indeed digital natives. Uh, and this is the day and age and, and world that they grow up in. Uh, they will not know life without the internet. Uh, they will not, many of them know life without Alexa. And I do not apologize for, for hopefully maybe setting off the Alexas in your home right now and doing it again and again. Uh, but I'm excited for uh, obviously the gift of technology and how it allows us as brothers and sisters to connect with one another as we are joined today all the way from Australia is author and pastor Dave Adamson. And so Dave, thank you so much uh, for being here. Um, I know in my yeah. notes it says I'm supposed to intro you. I would love for you to intro you. I would love for you to be able to share with our listeners a bit about um, uh, who you are, what God has been doing in your life, and, and what ministry opportunities he's blessed you with in this current season. Of course, share anything else about your family and, and, and on the line. So Yeah. Yeah. Well, Joe, thanks for having me. I'm so glad that I get to be here uh, today and, and, and join you and have a conversation that's really significant and important. Um, a little bit about me. I mean, the most important thing is that I'm the husband of Meg Adamson. Um, second most important thing is I'm the dad of uh, Chelsea, Ella, and Jordan Adamson. Um, they're my three girls who are probably, I shouldn't say girls anymore. They're young women. They are okay. 19, 20, and 23. So, you know, uh, they've, they've certainly yeah. grown through this social media age. Um, and, uh, you know, one of the things that, you know, just to, to kick off this part of the conversation one of the, and, and introduce myself at the same time, one of the things I love that God has opened up doors for me is that I've been a social media and online pastor since 2008. Now, back in 2008, wow. we still had dial-up uh, internet, um, so, so it was a little bit of a different um, landscape then. But just growing up in that environment in, from a ministry perspective, uh, being able to uh, pastorally care for people and reach people um, through online technology has given me the ability as a dad to uh, you know, inst uh, bring in some of those things that I've learned along the way uh, in my ministries in New Jersey. And, and I worked at North Point in Atlanta for, for seven years as the online pastor there. 
and, and and the greatest blessing, one of the greatest blessings I've had is how that uh, opportunity in full-time ministry has helped my parenting by giving me some tips, yeah. giving me some tips and tricks and hacks and, and tools to navigate being a dad in the post-modern, post-Christian world where my kids are digital natives and I feel like I'm a digital missionary, right? I had to learn the language yeah. and I got parachuted in to this whole digital environment but my kids have grown up in this environment. So yeah, that's a little bit about me and, and uh, hopefully introduce what we're talking about today. Yeah, I, I, I appreciate that. I love for our listeners to be able to hear what you just said. Hey, what I, I learned almost vocationally and through the ministry opportunities that you had been presented with, how it does apply practically to your day-to-day -day life and looking to um, imprint that upon your children. And as we know too, as you know, the the digital landscape changes so quickly. You know, this episode is being recorded just a week after Apple Vision Pro has been yeah. released, and seeing the the I'm going to call them tweets because you know, purist history wise, yeah. uh, but seeing those things, like, hey, that just like when the iPhone dropped in 07, and that the landscape quickly changed, and not yeah. saying that this is what it's going to be. We know things can quickly change, and and similar yeah. being a a digital missionary being a millennial and seeing certain things. I'm like, man, yeah, we have, we have some smart devices in our home and my kid is going to grow up in this and, and yeah. even just assume this. I'm, uh, was just talking with my mother the other day and just thinking about how odd it is. I could just tell her, Hey mom, just tell me the order and I'll get it door dashed over to us. And like, yep. knowing that so much of that is the internet of things at yeah. play that yeah. is just in influencing our day-to-day -day lives. And we know that social media especially is having such uh, a deep impact influence yep. on us as adults, but our whole culture and especially those that are most impress impressionable, and that yeah. is our kids and students. And so uh, I thank you so much again for sharing, for the work that you're doing, uh, and for ministering to us both from your pastoral perspective, uh, your perspective as an author, as you've worked with different churches, as yep. well as a dad. So uh, I'm going to ask you some questions and just let yeah. this conversation go as we look to encourage the listener. And let's just start first and foremost, that what are some of the misconceptions that uh, individuals have surrounding social media? Yeah, look, as a parent, um, you know, especially for the people who are listening to this, uh, who are parents and, you know, processing that idea of some misconceptions that parents might have around social media. I think there's a couple that stand out to me. The first one that always pops into my brain as soon as I hear that word misconceptions about social media is that not all social media is bad um, and not all social media is created equal. Um, so we have yeah. to be aware as parents of um, the good side of social media, but also be aware of the bad side of social media. It's like teaching your kids to drive a car, right? Uh, there comes a point where as a parent, part of your responsibility is to help your kid be a responsible driver on the road. Now, we don't go into that process um, saying uh, only the bad stuff about driving, the possibility of them yeah. having a, a car a car accident that might alter the rest of their life. But we also don't go in talking about just all the positives about um, driving a car. We, we always balance that out. I think it's the same with social media. We have to be aware of and talk with our kids about the positives of it, but also be aware of and talk to our kids about the negatives of it. So understanding that there's good and bad, I think is one of those misconceptions purely because there are parents who either say, 
all social media is great and for whatever reason we want our kids to be on it and there's others who say it is so bad and we need to keep our kids away from it um one practical thing joe that pops out in my mind that i had to learn through uh you know being a parent in the digital age is just the idea that um just because you've got your kids uh instagram account for example set to private doesn't mean it's private private accounts are not always private and your kids this is the other thing if if, you know we're talking to the parents who are listening your kids know more about technology your kids know more about that social media platform than you ever will and so you might think that you've got it set to private so therefore they're safe but kids know ways around things that you don't even realize i thought i was the technologically savvy person in my family and (laughs) then i hear my kids talking and i'm like oh i i didn't know anything um, so yeah, we have to be aware that our kids are yeah. much more, um, well-versed in the language of social media, in the interaction and the operation of social media than we will ever be. So we have to keep the lines of communication open for me, for me, it's not a, it's not a social media issue. It, it, it's actually a parenting issue. Um, social media oh, will okay, always yeah, yeah. be an issue, but it's never an excuse. Yeah. It's never an excuse just to let our kids go wild in the same way that we're not going to let our kids get in the car and drive off to their friend's house if we know they've been drinking or if we know they're angry mm-hmm. or, or, or sad or if we know that they're really tired. You know, my eldest daughter yesterday was on her way out and she said, I'm really tired. And my wife and I were like, hey, are you okay to drive? Are you going to be fine? Can you text us? When you-? Like we had that conversation. It has to be the same with social media as well. Because in the same way, we don't want our kids to get on social media and post when they're angry, right? Um, yeah. So we have to just be aware. So I would say that social media, as as a parent, social media will always be an issue, but it should never be an excuse. That's good. That's good. Social media will always be an issue, but it will never be an excuse. And it, you're sorry, but it, it, we also, so it's social media is not going away. Yeah. Uh, it will be here. Um, even the, as you're saying, Hey, social media, even the, your Instagram, if they set it to private. It's not really private. Like yeah. there's a chance it's not private. Also yeah. knowing it might be private in the sense that, Hey, somebody might randomly not be able to find it, but yeah. it still exists in somewhat of a public space because it's private, totally. like you said, but they've got followers, right? They've, yeah, they, totally. you might even be soliciting, you might be even like uh gatekeeping who their followers are, but yeah. it's like, they still have people. There's still an influence. There's still exposure that has impact and influence on their real life they might only follow their best friends but when they see one of those best friends hanging out without them that's still an influence regardless of the fact that it's been set and you're right when it comes to um i've talked with parents before like oh we thought we had their passwords we had this you know then we found out they were using a vpn and going around and it makes me think often what we experience of what paul writes in romans one where he says they will find new ways of doing evil. <laughs> like the evil's always existed, the exposure to things, so on and so forth. But this is just a new expression of it. Yeah, um, yeah totally. Humorously enough, Paul Paul couples that right next to um, the line where he says they dishonor their mother and father. Yeah. So most most parents they we we are at times experiencing not a a new expression. The yeah. evil's still there. The the potential for for deceit and misleading and hurt and harm and jealousy yeah. got all those things have yeah. been a part of our world since sin has entered into it. Yeah, social media is now just one of the ways in which it expresses itself. But what you yeah. said is so hopeful, though. Too, if if yeah. that has always expressed itself in our world, 
it's not a social media issue. It's a parenting issue. Parents have been doing stuff about it since the beginning of time. Exactly. We still yeah. can do things about it. Yeah, Joe, you are so right. And what we need to realize as parents is sometimes there is that um, intentionality, right? So if we set our kids' accounts to private, they can intentionally set up a VPN or get around it in those ways. But then there's other less nefarious ways that that information can get out as well, right? They might just have it set to private, but their friends' accounts aren't necessarily set to private. And when they comment Ooh, yeah. or they share or they repost what your kid is doing, suddenly that becomes a little bit more public. And so we have to be aware of those sorts of things when we go into it. So that's just one of those misconceptions um, that I think parents need to have. But there are a bunch, I think, positive and negative considerations that parents need to have when it comes to allowing their kids to be on social media. And, and that's a big part of any conversation around uh, what, you know, parenting through a digital age is what are those considerations? Yeah. Yeah. I'd love for you to, 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 to share some of those considerations for parents. Cause I feel like what you just shared is so helpful because if I, as a parent feel like I can provide a, a foolproof way for them to engage in social media and all that, oh. what you just said is something I hadn't thought about before. It really, yeah. there's no such thing as, as privacy as, as we actually kind of know, there's no yeah. such thing as security. If somebody really wanted to hack my stuff they really they really exactly. could if they're exactly. if they're hacking these corporations and governments like i'm who am yeah. i <laughs> like yeah and using the car is really good but not yeah. that good again using driving and the car as the example there are so many things we can do as parents to safeguard our children around uh, social media um, around like we like we do around driving, we're making sure that the car's in working order, make sure they got their seatbelts on. But as parents, we are often acutely aware of the negative sides of it, um, of any interaction with our kids, and so we have to be aware of that from a social media point of view. So, if I, you know, there are obviously positive and negatives. Let me start with some of the negatives. Obviously, yeah. you know, for younger kids, or for any age kids really, but I think we're more aware of this uh, for our younger kids is that social media gives them an opportunity to be exposed to uh, inappropriate or upsetting content, uh, whether that yeah. is stuff that people are posting or whether it's uh, comments on their own posts that, that turn nasty, you know, cyberbullying is a huge issue. Um, we have to be aware of them uploading what we might consider inappropriate content that might be embarrassed. We, we might think as parents, hey, this is going to embarrass you later on. And so we have to be aware of that and have conversations around that. Sharing personal information with strangers, um, that was a big topic of conversation yeah. for me in my household with my kids and teaching my kids how not to share information with people who they don't really know. As I said, uh, cyberbullying, even, even things like just being heavily inundated with targeted marketing and target advertising, that can be really, really uh, impactful in, in a whole bunch of ways. And then you brought it up, um, data breaches. You know, every organization has data breaches and there's an opportunity there for your information to be either leaked out or sold to other organizations. So we need to be aware of those negatives for sure. But I would also stress that there are so many positives to uh, social media as well that parents need to consider as well. First and foremost, um, social media has become such a big part of the social life of your kids and students. Like that's a huge part of who, what what they're 
how they interact with uh, their friends. They meet with their friends face to face, but they continue to connect with them uh, offline uh, through social media apps and you know through yeah. Snapchat, TikTok, Instagram, you name it. So, so as a parent, you have to be aware when you take away your kid's phone because they've done something wrong you're actually taking away their access to their friendship circle as well. You're isolating your yeah. your kid. Um, that was something that I had to learn. I didn't understand when I first said, hey, uh, because you didn't empty the dishwasher, I'm going to take your phone away for three days. I didn't realize why my daughter was, was so um, acutely reactionary to that little, what I thought was a minor thing, but I realized for yeah. her, she was going to go through three days where she felt alone, cut off from her friends, and isolated so i had to start to understand yeah. that oh my gosh so so social media what i learned is social media is a big part of their social life so we have and that's a good thing uh, social media is an opportunity for them to learn new things you know they can learn what it means to like they can use it for, for school research <laughs> projects and they can understand they can learn about relationships and interacting and group settings so it's a great way for them to learn that hobbies and interests that they can learn about from watching youtube for example um it's an opportunity for them to be creative. Um, it's an opportunity for them yeah. to potentially start a career. You know, as parents, we often look at uh, careers sure. in a much different way than our kids do. Um, and for a kid, you know, there was a research study done in the UK uh, in 2021 where they asked, I think it was like 14,000 students who were aged between 13 and 18 about what their uh, number one, what, what was the dream job for them that they were aspiring to. And the number one uh, answer was a YouTuber. So, you know, we, we as parents might look at that and get concerned. Now, just to alleviate yeah. all the parents listening to your concerns, number two was to be a doctor. So, you know, it's not, it's not, it's not all bad. Hey, <laughs> um, there we go. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. so, so social good. media is an opportunity <laughs> to express creativity in a way that could ultimately become an income revenue raising thing and a career opportunity, a legitimate career opportunity yeah. for people. So there are positives and there are negatives. And I think as parents, we have to weigh up and consider both sides of the coin in the same way that we do when we for, for just everyday things like kids driving a car. If I send a son, my son out to mow the lawn, there's a chance that he might get injured, he might fall over and cut himself or whatever, but we still do it yeah. because we see the benefits of it as well. All that is so good because really what we're doing is we're providing different buckets and frameworks for understanding about social media. That it's not yep. just, hey, one side, if I'm set to privacy, and the privacy controls and we're good there, yep. everything's good. It's good from, yes, that practical end, those various aspects of privacy and data and what you're sharing with individuals. Yep. Uh, to even the communal sense like you talked about in, in shepherding, leading your daughter through, a, I've now isolated her over yeah. these three days because that's been taken away to future sense, career sense, and so on and so forth. So yeah. there's so many different facets to it, which are good to have an understanding whether different things change as our understanding uh, changes yeah. the social media to as our kids enter different phases of life. The way yeah. my daughter as a six-year-old is going to engage with technology is going to be different than a 16-year-old. Uh, as well as new platforms being introduced, be real and lapse and on down the line. It's ever yeah. evolving, ever changing, but being mindful of those different buckets in different seasons helps yeah. the approach, especially knowing, hey, what are some maybe the baseline safeguards that parents should have yeah. and put in place? So what are some of those that you've come across that you encourage to parents yeah. to have when it comes to kids and students and using social media? Yeah, that's a great question, Joe. Um, I, I think for me, there's a whole bunch of different ones we could we could talk about, but if I could 
land on a couple that might be helpful and practical for your audience. Um, for me, the biggest one is we need to continually talk with our kids about social media. The best way to protect them from social media is to talk to them about social media. So when my kids, even at the age that they are, you know, 19, 20, 23, when they wanna get on a new platform, they still come and talk to me about that. And and that happens because we've had awesome. ongoing conversations. You know, it's like, it's like when your kids get to the age and you have to have the quote unquote sex talk with them. It's not a sex talk, it's a sex conversation. You're, constantly having conversations with yep. them about that in the same way you yep. should have uh, constant ongoing conversations about social media for us practically one of the first things that we did my wife and i did um when our kids got phoned was we made sure that every mobile device in our house from our ipads to our iphones had the same password everybody in our house has the same password uh, one of our daughters has moved away to college guess what? She's still got the same password. And that just provided us a level of accountability. We were like, yes. hey, we're going to give you this phone, but you've got to have this passcode so that mom and I can have access to your phone at any time we feel like we need to. But at the same time, okay. we have the same passcode. So if you ever want to check on what we're doing, you can have access to that as well. So that joint accountability Good. was absolutely huge. And, and look, I'm not going to lie. I'm going to, if I can speak to the dads for just a second who are listening to this, dads, if you have the same password as your wife and your wife knows your password, that's going to build a level of trust with her that, um, is immeasurable because as guys, there's, you know, we have this, um, we have this, um, temptation to continue to look at things that we're not supposed to look at but by giving your wife yep. access to your phone at any point anytime my wife knows she can come and grab my phone at any time and open it up and look at whatever i'm looking at that level of accountability is not just big in my marriage it was big as a dad to my girls as well because i was trying to raise them to to find partners who treated them like i'm treating my wife so that was a huge thing for me um, we always made sure also that uh, if my kids joined a new account they had to allow us as their mom and dad to follow them and they had to follow us. So that way we could yeah. just track their content. Hey, we saw that photo that you posted. Hey, this person, you know, I see that Joe guy, he commented on your thing. Is he a friend of yours? Well, I don't really know Joe, but like it allowed us to have those ongoing conversations. So that was uh, uh, another big yeah. one as well for us. So those two would be the biggest two that I would say, well, actually three, continue to have conversations and constantly have conversations with your kids about social media all set the same passwords on every mobile device and then make sure that there's a follow for follow with your parents and your, between your parent the parent and the kid because those things just continue to open up those conversations there's a whole lot of other things we could talk about about yeah. you know um some of the see the other safeguards you can put in place but i think those three are th the three biggest and they're the three that your audience can put into place today they can start doing that right now it's so good. That's good. I, I, as soon as you talked about the same passcode thing with you and your spouse, that fosters trust. It deepens the relationship. Um, it removes any potential obstacles. It, like it, it, it just it. It's so good, and I love the idea of doing it with your kids because it's man. just like man, it just holds you accountable all the more. It refines yep. you all the more. Um, and it models to them, like you said, you're modeling to your girls. I'm a girl dad too. So that resonates all the way, um, yes. even more like you're modeling to them. Yes. Hey, this is what it looks like to, 
act with integrity, to act with trust, to have accountability in such yeah. a real time practical way, especially because there is such this um, privacy aspect of like, oh, that's that's my that's my phone. Yeah. Like that's yeah. my text. Those are my things or whatever. But to, yeah. to really be more communal, more familial and deepen those relationships, man, that's a. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm processing that one and take it. I'm. I'm ready to change my. We gotta. And we gotta find a great password, one that's easy and secure, and yeah, yeah. all that stuff. But, you know, um, I, I do want to ask. A, a, it's a little bit of a curveball question. I apologize yeah. for for throwing it at you. But you, when you talked earlier about, um, when you had that realization as a dad that when you took your daughter's phone away for three days, how it potentially isolated her. How did you change up your approach to parenting either over those three days? Because there probably still a need for a consequence. Or yeah. did that alter how you then delivered that moving forward? Like, how did you redeem that moment with her as well as meet that felt need of that isolation while still holding accountable for actions? Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah, that makes total sense, dude. I, I think obviously as parents, we're trying to teach our kids and sometimes the way that we teach them is to help them see that there are consequences to their actions, right? Yep. What in yeah. that moment, Joe, I didn't realize was I didn't realize the severity of that consequence. Um, yep. the, the, I mean, I, I guess in a, in a way the punishment didn't, um, the, the punishment didn't suit the crime because yep. I was taking something i thought it was a minor thing hey you didn't empty the dishwasher give me your phone like i told you three times to do it so let's just take the phone away for three days what i thought was a small thing was actually a huge thing that i didn't realize in that moment so what i started to do was uh, that would m taking a phone away was was left to a really big breach of trust that would be something that would suddenly uh, became part of my my parenting style. Um, so yeah, I, I assumed it was just a small thing. Hey, I'm just going to take you. You're not going to be able to watch YouTube videos for a couple of nights. <clears throat> but yeah. I didn't realize the impact of how, like I was removing her. I was essentially <laughs> grounding her. Like, you know, old yeah. school grounding. I grew up getting grounded. You can't go outside for two weeks. Like that was that was my isolation. For her, taking the phone away was her isolation. So, you know, it's just figuring out. It's not that you shouldn't do that. It's just you've got to yeah. pick your moments to do that and have that awareness of how your kids see their devices because it's probably different to how you see your device. I sit, look at my device and go, yeah, so it's true. a way that I can connect, but it's a work tool as well. Whereas for kids, <laughs> it's a social tool. They really lean into, kids and students will really lean into the social side of social media way more than as parents, we might we might have a little bit of that, but our our relationships don't hinge on whether or not somebody saw us at a party and we took a photo of it or commented on a thing or who commented yeah. on our things. So it was for me, it was just about weighing up: does the punishment fit the crime? And so that's how I started to process it a little bit differently. That's a really good perspective. That's a really good, and I think it it's a principal thing that influences our practical expression of saying, "Hey, I still want a consequence, accountability, yeah. and so on, to help them to grow." But to real see the measure of that, yeah. uh, it, it kind of makes me think at times when parents, um, you know, say, "Oh, you can't go to church. You can't go to youth group," and realize yeah. they're like, "Okay, whatever. You just can't go out tonight or whatever." But like for them, it's not just this this entertainment aspect or this fun aspect. There's a deeper thing. It has a weightier thing at the time that they might yeah, not much weightier. realize. So I think that is, I appreciate that. I appreciate you answering it and reveal a little bit how that helped you grow, sympathize, yeah. empathize, and that informed your parenting. You still allowed those yeah. things to be true. There was still consequence for the action, 
but yeah. a greater understanding of your daughter. And that led yeah. to a greater opportunity for ministry. And so will you yeah. share any other ways in which you yourself personally or how parents can utilize uh, their social media to engage with their kids that will help deepen that understanding? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, there's a couple of things. One for me is uh, leveraging social media is something that I do for my kids in a lot of ways. So I, you know, on Twitter, for example, I have a hashtag that I use, um, uh, stuff I want my daughters to know. And essentially, oh, great. I'm leveraging my Twitter account because I'm a purist like you. I'm not going to call it X. Um, on my Twitter <laughs> yes, account, thank you. I'm, I'm using that as a tool to, for me to teach my kids everything I know about leadership and ministry. And so, sure. you know, there's going to be a point where I'm going to, you know, I'm going to pass away and my kids, I hope, will be able to go to a platform like Twitter and see everything that my dad wanted to teach me about ministry yeah, or about leadership. Uh, life hacks will be in on Twitter. And I just have to type in stuff I want my daughters to know as a hashtag and they'll find it. So likewise with my Twitter account, you know, about 2013, um, I made a, a determined shift uh, in my Instagram account to stop just posting photos of my food or photos out the you know airplane window or photos of my feet sitting by the pool because I wanted to leverage that platform as a place where, again, after I pass away, my girls can learn everything their dad knew about faith, the Bible, and Jesus. And so I started Tough. leveraging my Instagram account to teach my kids daily devotionals. Um, hey, this is what this Hebrew word means. Hey, this, uh, this verse, I unpack it in this way because I wanted to create this like a, like a, um, you know, an old school, you know, when you used to bury a time capsule. For me, I wanted my Instagram to be a time capsule yeah. of what I learned about faith, what I knew about faith so that my kids could always go to it. And, and I especially did it for my youngest daughter who's dyslexic, who doesn't, um, you know, who yeah. loves Jesus and loves going to church, but struggles to read the Bible because of her dyslexia. I wanted to be able to yeah. create a space where on Instagram, she could look at a photo and I could leverage that photo as almost like a, a, a visual parable to lean into a specific verse or a specific teaching of Jesus. And when I started to do that, I saw her come alive because she understood something that she didn't understand before from just reading alone because she has trouble in that area. So yeah, I've been using my social media for specific purposes as a dad uh, for, for quite a few years now. Um, and then I, I think there's another aspect to this that we maybe haven't touched on. Um, is it's not just necessarily about how we leverage social media, but it's also about how we use our devices. Um, there was a study done in by the University of California just recently that says the way that parents leverage their phone, just, just holding their mobile device in their hand when they are talking to their kids um, shows yeah. a level of distraction that the parent has that shapes the emotional intelligence of, of their kid. Um, it also... Well leads to them having a self-esteem like a, it, it uh, the perceived lack of parental engagement from holding just holding a phone while you're talking to your kids or while you're sitting on the couch together or while you're watching a movie um, those things actually have an impact on our kids that we might not see because the, they're reading it as my parent is not engaged with me at the moment and that yeah. the studies reveal that that in, uh, uh, has a big impact on their emotional intelligence. So I'm trying to be more aware of that than ever before at the moment. Like it's not just what I post, it's what I'm holding in my hand when I'm talking to them. Um, and you know yeah. this, uh, we, we think that, uh, well, if, I, if it's dinner time with the family, I put my phone on the table and it's upside down, then that's better. 
Yeah. No, it's just yeah. not better. It's still a distraction yeah. and my kids don't feel like they've got my full attention. For us, that became a big part of, you know, we talked earlier about the yeah. safeguards. That became a big part of the safeguard for us. Um, how do we um, how do we communicate to our kids that we're engaged with them? And we have this uh, we have this box um, that we put our phones into. Um, it started out as a wooden box at, at, at dinner time, and at, at once a week we would put all of our phones into this wooden box, and that wooden box would go up on the fridge, and we would have 24 hours of us just being with our kids. Now that's yeah. shifted, and, and technology has gotten better, right? So there's this company called Aro. Uh, A-R-O, they're a Christian organization out of, well, they're an organization of made up by Christians uh, out of Atlanta. Okay. And they created a thing called the R-O box, the A-R-O box. And it's it's essentially upgraded version of my wooden box, right? So uh, we yeah. can put our phones into these slots and all of our phones get charged uh, while they're in oh. the box. Um, yeah. So it's a family size thing. Um, and plus then we all have an app that automatically starts as soon as you put your phone in the box and the app is calculating screen time and it essentially gamifies you not having your phone. And so at the end of the week, you can all look and go, well, who had their phone offline for the longest and who was the most engaged? Because you get a score at the end of every day, wow. right? And so we started, you know, that process changed that yeah. whole, whole idea of just putting our phones away. But it's that intentional time where we're going to put our phones away so that we can actually connect uh, as a family. And so, yeah, holding how we hold as parents, how we hold our phones, how often we hold our phones. There was a study also done that said um, that 93% of adults in the US keep their phone at arm's length all the time. I'm, dude, when I started talking about my phone, I reached over and I grabbed my phone because it's within arm's length yeah, all the yeah, time. Yeah, 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 yeah. But as parents, our kids are picking up on that, right? What's at arm's length? Dad's always got his phone in his hands. And I always had excuses, Joe, always. Well, I was just, and my wife, in her wisdom, God used her voice to speak to me. And it's always hardest when yeah. God speaks to me using my wife's voice. But she said to me, hey, do you realize that every time somebody asks you about your phone, you are always just, you always say that word. I was just, I was just, I was just, I was just. Yeah. And it's not just to your kids if you're always on your phone. And I was like, dang, drop the mic. Like, all right, I get, <laughs> I get it. God, I hear your voice. Um, so yeah, it's little things like that that we have to be aware of. It's not just what we post to social media. It's our connection to holding on to these things. And we need to leverage as parents and I think as pastors too. So for the pastors who are listening uh, to this, our job as pastors, our job as parents is to turn this, to turn our mobile devices from a device of uh, distraction into a, a device of discipleship. We have the ability to yeah. do that, but we have to be there intentional. It it yeah. And and I love how you do it too, because there's the end where, where you're putting a, a, a digital footprint for your daughters, both now and, you know, in posterity yeah. to go back and check out these tweets, check out these Instagram posts, say, hey, what do yeah. I want them to see is true of their dad and another way for them to connect uh, with me. But then in the same respect, it's like it's like when, you know, my grandfather passed away, if he had a journal right now, yeah, able to write and read and see what he was thinking and go yeah. through our old VHS tapes, like seeing these things, we have access to doing that all the more, but because we have access to doing it constantly, it uh, invites us into be more intentional of saying, yes. okay, what, what do I want them to be able to see? What am I leaving this generation and the next generation with, um, and still being, yeah. uh, 
intentional. And like you said, right now, what are we doing to disciple our kids, both for how they use social media and how yep. they, um, almost the control and approach they have with social media of saying, yeah. we're going to have these screen-free times. We're going to put our phones away. We're going to be more aware of this and even be cognizant of the fact of, do I need to have it right with me? Can I yeah. just put it in the sofa table when I come home? Can I put it in the box? So I, yeah. Am I, it's almost a sense of humility too, of like saying, hey, I'm not that important. I don't need people to be <laughs> yes. constantly accessing me or even yeah. say, hey, I'm not going to put this work email over this. I mean, yeah. your, your kids are never going to know how many meetings you're at, but they will know how many moments that you've missed, ah. um, and how many how many memories we've missed out on because Bro. I just have to do this. Oh, it's just this quick second. Um, so I'm gonna, you're I'm right. Gonna There's these that. opportunities. I'm going to tweet that. Can, okay. you that. Can you say that again? Can you say it again? Your kids won't remember yes. how many meetings you're at? Your kids will never. Your kids won't remember how many meetings you were at, but they will remember how many moments you've missed. Oh gosh, dude, that is so good, and that's exactly my point. That's exactly what it is. Um, intentionality. You said that word, intentionality, uh, several times. It's it requires intentionality. It's intentionality in the moment. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna yeah. put my phone down. I'm gonna put my phone away while I spend yep. time with my family. But it's intentionality for the future. Could you imagine? Joe, could you imagine what Twitter would be like as a platform if every Christian went into Twitter going, I, my kids, my grandkids might read this post. They yeah. might read what I'm about to tweet right now. If they just took that yeah. second to pause and, and consider the intentionality that the future, your future grandkids might read that, I bet you it would cause them to yeah. take stock of what they're about to tweet. You know, randomly, I've had that thought before too. Kind of, you know, hey, early adopter to, to Twitter, Instagram, all this stuff. We're growing up with it and hopping on it. It's like, yeah, are we supposed to just do this for the rest of our lives? Like, is this all? But uh, oftentimes, and first, we're not thinking about that. But your point is so valuable. There is a chance this is now a part. Just like you might yeah. go to, if I was to pass away, you go to my house, and here's Joe's books, and here's Joe's clothes, and here's Joe's yeah. photos. And here's yep. Joe's social media and here's Joe's yeah. tweets and here's Joe's yeah. like Instagram posts. And that speaks just as much to the object you find in my home as the object you find out online. And what do I, what am I conveying yeah. to the generations to come? So yeah. yeah hey, who was dad? Uh, yeah. Who was Joe as a friend and as a father and as a husband and as a grandfather? So yeah, that's, that's good. That this is yeah. this is great. Um, there's so much you said this too. This is an opportunity for for us to disciple and for them to evangelize yeah. and for to make the gospel known. And so, yeah. you know, as we kind of get ready to, to to wrap up here and and thinking about hey, parents who are maybe want to encourage their kids and thinking about social media as a tool of discipleship yeah. and evangelism, how can we equip our kids and students to utilize their social media accounts to reach their friends and others with the gospel? Yeah, um, yeah, that's becoming more prevalent in this day and age, right? Um, and and as it should be, in my opinion, you know, obviously as an online pastor, I mean, I was, according to history, I was the eighth online pastor in the world. So I feel like I've been doing this for a wow. long time now. Um, and, and one of the things that I've learned is, and I, I've seen evolve, is just this: uh, the way that Christians and and the capital C Church uh, have shifted their relationship with social media a lot i mean it used to be that churches and christians would post a random bible verse and that they thought was enough 
uh, to express their faith, express yeah. their Christianity. Obviously, that is taken out of, completely out of context, and there's or there's no context provided to that for the unchurched person who might be reading. So one of the things I always say to people: Hey, if you're gonna sh- uh, start sharing your faith on social media, the first thing is don't just post random out of context Bible verses. Provide. Yeah. Uh, some of that context provide why is that verse important to you why did you post that today what significance does that so that your unchurched friends can start to get an idea of why the bible is important to you the other uh, yeah. thing is i always encourage people to answer questions people are actually asking a lot of us as christians answer are answering and especially churches and the churches that i work with around the world this is yeah. very prevalent they're answering questions that nobody is asking um, um we need to start answering questions people are actually asking about faith And the big one for me, Joe, would be this. I think the only AI that churches and Christians need to worry about is authentic interactions. We need to be having authentic interactions with people, whether it's the posts that we're we're putting out ourselves or if it's in the comments section of their posts. We have to have authentic interactions with people. And when they start to see that, hey, Joe's a normal guy, but he's just a normal guy who loves Jesus. And I I kind of, there's something about Joe that I'm kind of drawn to because he seems to have a great marriage. He seems to have a great parent. He seems to be intentional and have a purpose for everything that he does. That's when they'll start to ask uh, some serious questions about your faith. Just posting a random Bible verse doesn't necessarily do that. We have to provide context. And that context comes through authentic interactions. Um, So I tell Christians all the time, that's the AI you should be focusing on and prioritizing the most is authentic interactions in everything that you do, whether that's online or whether that's on site, face to face with people. Be authentic, be real, be vulnerable. And that's exactly what people are, are longing for. We, this, the studies out there, the data is out there that shows that, hey, although we're the most connected we've ever been, people are more isolated than ever, are, yeah. are feeling that sense of loneliness. And they Definitely. do, they just, as I have, I could see this part of you, but I, I want to see, you know, does that authenticity, that you are a yeah. real person, that, um, and, and yes, please show me the cute family photos and, and, and family vacations. That's a part of who you are. But show me the whole thing, not just a glimpse. Um, And knowing that as followers of Jesus Christ, that does provide opportunity because people are longing for that. They want realness. They want that authenticity. And we can then connect with them, point them back to the creator. Why do they long for that? And where is that ultimately fulfilled? That not social media, not technology, not in the greatest things of our day, but but has been satisfied in and through the gospel, that that longing of the soul. Um, This has been so good. So encouraging. I, I, I'm Excellent. drinking from a fire hose here. Again, this is <laughs> a huge part of my heart with again, having kids and seeing yep. them raised up. And my daughter at, and the oldest is at six. And, and this is becoming more and more a part of our life, as we know. But also for me personally, how am I approaching yeah. my social media, uh, looking to see others impacted, but how am I interacting with my phone in the home? And so this has yeah. been been so great. Um, thank you so much for your time. My pleasure. Listeners, thank you for tuning in and listening. Dave has been such a great resource to us as a church, uh, both in this episode and across and to the church at large. Um, we are going to drop a link to your website and the copy of this episode uh, for the listener to be able to check out uh, what you're working on, uh, follow you yep. on social media, get an example of, of how you're modeling this to your daughters as well as ministering to others. Uh, and for um, you know us to, to check out, grab a copy of your book, uh, Meta Church, How to Use Digital Ministry to Reach People 
and make disciples. And so, yeah. uh, Dave, thank you so much for your time today. Uh, listeners, thank you guys for listening. As always, if there's any way that we can be an encouragement to you, please don't hesitate to reach out and know this, that we love you. We're praying for you as you are coming and going.